it's what we feel and what we want to do and what gives us pleasure because that pleasure is reflected into the audience. And so we have to make ourselves happy. And then within that, we can find to bring joy and happiness to our audience. I'm Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? Someday I will heed the call and sail off into the blue. Someday I will bag it all and do the things I want to do. La, 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 the things you want to do. La, 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 the things you want to do. Hi, everyone. It's hard to think about circus without memories of childhood. My mind goes to the Russian circus I saw when I was about eight years old and watching Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show on Earth on TV. I've seen a couple of Cirque du Soleil performances, and I love the direction that circus has taken since I was a child. I watch from afar, and I'm amazed by the magical world being presented to me. Possibly my favorite part of doing this podcast is meeting people who live in a world I know nothing about and hearing how they got there and what inspires them. Allison makes her living flying through the air and dreaming up productions with intriguing titles like The Great Mr. Swindle's Traveling Peculiarium. Her husband and son ride a motorcycle up a tightrope toward her. Who wouldn't want to know more about that? Here's the interview. My guest today is Allison Bly. Allison is a professional aerialist and the co-founder of Salto Entertainment, which presents original and innovative live action productions across the U.S. and internationally. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So first of all, what is an aerialist and how did you get started? Okay, well, an aerialist is any performer that is in the air. And I started, well, I was a gymnast when I was younger. And when I went to college, one of the biggest attractions was that FSU had a flying high circus. So I chose FSU for that specific reason, which is very random because I thought it would just be a fun hobby. I saw the FSU circus as a child. And I just thought I always wanted to do that one day. And my opportunity came, I joined the FSU circus. And I was lucky enough to be chosen to do the flying trapeze and the swinging trapeze and a few other acts that I learned. And I did it as a hobby, not really thinking that it would be a career. But after graduating, I went on to be a financial analyst. I did that for about two years before I realized that my passion for circus wasn't fizzling out like I had hoped it would. I tried to I tried to make it sizzle out and I couldn't. <laughs> and it only it only grew. And I found that that's all I thought about and I had to do something about it. So I started seeking auditions. I found a flying trapeze audition. I went to the audition and I got the job. So I left everything behind and I went on to pursue that, that passion. I love that. I, I absolutely love people who, who make big leaps because their heart tells them to. That's wonderful. Now, what did gymnastics give you? And what did you have to learn in order to do flying trapeze? 
gymnastics gave me some um, fundamental skills that were very useful as far as body awareness and strength. Because with flying trapeze, one of their requirements was that you had to do 10 pull-ups. And that's really difficult to accomplish as an adult if you haven't been working on it. Mm. Um, So I had the strength background. That was my strong point. I had some, you know, body awareness background. I was able to flip. I was able to to do a couple things. But once you're up on the trapeze, you have to learn. One of the the biggest things is learning how to fall to your back. And no matter what you do, you need to make it to your back. You don't want to land on your feet. You don't want to land on your stomach. And that was probably the hardest part is getting over the fear of falling, basically. I had a previous guest talking about trapeze as an amateur, and she didn't say anything about how you fall. So, so tell me yes. about what what happens when you fall on your face or your feet. What what's what's wrong with that? Well, if you fall on your feet, you can coming from such a high fall and with such you know great speeds, you can mm. you can just you just crumble. The net is very loose as mm. well. The looser it is, the safer it is, though. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've seen somebody land on their feet and they dislocated their knee and their hip. Um, so that doesn't work. If you land on your stomach, you, you know, we like to call it the, I call it the scorpion. You don't want to do a scorpion pose. That's when your butt comes around and kicks you in the back of the head. You don't want that. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're a contortionist, I have a sister-in-law who's a contortionist. And so she said that that position never bothered her. So I like to stretch. <laughs> Uh before the act. Even if you Uh don't need a lot of flexibility to do the act, it might be useful if you hit the net bad. And so the safest position for you to really land in is on your back. It's the most cradling, comfortable. That's what everybody is taught. You need to make it to your back. And so if you do get like if you do get lost in the air from doing Mm -hmm. spinning tricks, um, a really good aerialist or flyer will find themselves and continuously make it to their back. And that's my, those are my fears. I always, whatever I do, I just want to know that I'm going to make it to my back. I'm not going to over rotate to my head. I'm not going to land on my feet. So the, the, that for me, that is the fear of the flying act is falling. Mm-hmm. And do you do other kinds of acts besides flying trapeze? Yes, I do a swinging trapeze act. It's a solo act. And I stand on the trapeze, I swing, and then I jump off at the peaks of the swing. And you can accomplish a backflip, a front flip, or dive off the front. And so you have to utilize the weightlessness moments of a swing. And for that act, I do have a safety harness on, and my husband is on the other end of it. And then I also do a aerial silks routine, mm-hmm. which you're always attached to the silks, meaning you hold on, you the, the idea is to not let go. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a bungee trapeze act I do where you're hooked to a harness and bungee. So it's more visual. You're flying and flipping. And the difficult part is being able to get back to the trapeze bar. So you you release, you come back. And that's the difficult part. And I also do other aerial acts with my husband. We ride a motorcycle up a high wire cable. Oh, my God. Yeah, he rides the motorcycle, and I'm on the other end of the apparatus. Uh, then we do a cyclone cycle where he rides the motorcycle on a revolving apparatus, and I'm the aerialist on the other end. And my husband also does the motorcycles inside the sphere with my adult son, and I get to stand in the middle. Not a choice. <laughs> Not a choice. <laughs> 
Oh my word. I mean, just, just hearing you describe it is, is giving me palpitations. So now I, I do hope that we'll be able to link to some video. Uh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yes. Phew. Okay. So, so many questions. You are also a producer. So tell me about the transition from performer to uh, circus producer. Okay, so I have to actually credit my husband for that. He had a lot of ambitions to become a producer. Um, he had been in the business. He's five generations in the business. Oh, wow. So he had been performing since he was seven years old. So by his 30s, he had ambitions to become a producer, whereas I, you know, did not start performing until I was about 24 professionally. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have those same ambitions. I actually came from office in a very studious lifestyle. I wanted to be free <laughs> and I didn't want to take on those stresses of being a producer. Mm. But as time passed, I found the same passion as him. And together we produced Motomaniacs, Flippin', Motocycle Circus. And our pride and joy right now is the great Mr. Swindle's traveling peculiarium. So I have to credit my husband in kind of finding those ambitions within me and the, the thrill, mm -hmm. it's, it's another thrill. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainties in producing and it's addicting. Mm. And <laughs> we found the passion for producing is very easy because you get to, you get to make your imagination come to life and that's the best part of it. But the stressful part of it is making sure that you can fill the seats. And I think that we have, crafted that over the past 10 years and we've we've gotten better at it and we now enjoy the gamble i guess you can call it mm -hmm. rather than worrying about it well before i forget tell me about mr swindles uh, what is involved in in that production that production is the most unique production we have ever come up with and probably the most unique i think i've ever witnessed Wow. It's about an impresario, Mr. Swindle. He is the founder of the circus. Of course, he's a character. He's not He's not real. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a swindler. His name is Mr. B.S. Swindler. It is, <laughs> it is everything you would believe it to be. And then he has his right-hand man. It's a his shady accomplice, mm -hmm. Dr. Elixir. He's an old fashioned medicine man and his job is to serve you alcohol so we can appear <laughs> better than we actually are. <laughs> and then he has a, Mr. Swindle has a gold digging girlfriend because mm -hmm. of course he would. Mm -hmm. And then there are characters throughout the show that are just absurd. We have two comedians Sometimes they are, they change as we, we change the show every year. So sometimes mm -hmm. they're bank robbers and they, they're looking for a place to hide. And this mm -hmm. seems like a good place because we're full of con artists. So why not have another one? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just fun. The whole thing is about having fun. And even if you don't remember what act you saw or the specifics about the show, you will remember the feeling that you had. And usually it's a good one. So that is kind of what the show is based on is making the audience feel good and laugh and forget about any problem that they may have had prior to entering. So it's about a nine, it's a 90 minutes of a, of a good time. 
do you travel or is it uh, established in a place like Las Vegas or how, how does one see it? We are located currently in Florida. That's where we're based out of. So our show travels through the west side of Florida, Sarasota, Inglewood, Punta Gorda. And then we do go to the east side of Florida. We went to Boca Raton, Florida. And the tour will be growing as soon as we can get this pandemic mm-hmm. under wraps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to close in 2020, right after mm-hmm. Boca Raton. And our tour was supposed to grow. We had mm-hmm. opened the show in 2018. So 2019, we grew a little bit. And in 2020, we were growing a lot. So we've just kind of had to pull back. And in 2023, we're going to reopen in January mm-hmm. back in Inglewood, Florida, Sarasota, and it'll go on. And is it in a building or do you create your own <laughs> space in an open field with tents? We actually have a tent. It seats 400 people. It's very intimate. The tent was constructed in Italy, actually, mm-hmm. by one of the premier tent makers in the world. So it is more than you would imagine it to be. It's a very spectacular tent. If if you would imagine the Cirque du Soleil tent, but miniaturized, Mm -hmm. that's what it looks Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have to ask because salto means jump in Italian. Does it also mean it in in Spanish? Is that where you got the name? Uh Yes. And the story behind that is we had a company for several years with a partner and the company fell apart in 2014. Mm -hmm. And we needed to jump to the next thing. (laughs) So that was the inspiration behind that. That's great. It's a wonderful name. Tell me about your husband's five generations and he started at seven. Yes, he's five generations. He, um, his name is Ivan Espana. He comes from a flying trapeze background. His family is very well known within the industry for the Flying Trapeze Act. He was recently inducted into the Circus Ring of Fame in St. Armand Circle in Sarasota. And being inducted into the Circus Ring of Fame means that you've had a significant contribution to the art and culture of circus. So he has a plaque on the Ring of Fame amongst many other incredible icons such as P.T. Barnum and the Ringling Brothers. So it's a very high honor to be inducted. And it's him and his siblings that were inducted. They had a flying trapeze act, all of them. There's six of them total, three boys, three girls. Um, And then aside from that, he also won the silver clown at Monte Carlo at the festival in Monte Carlo, which is presented by the princess Stephanie. I I think I'm getting that right. I have not been myself. He has. Mm -hmm. He is very well known within the business for his acts. And if you ever witness it or you can Google it, the Flying Espanas, it's a trapeze act. And what made their act so special is not exactly the tricks that they accomplished. It's how they presented it. And it was the style that they presented it. Um, And it really set them apart and kind of influenced the Flying Trapeze Act ever since. What a wonderful legacy. That is is very exciting. So tell me about how circuses are different from what, what they were when I was a kid. Well, they've changed a lot. So, you know, little by little, the animals are disappearing. You don't encounter too many animal acts and not like you used to. Mm -hmm. The style of presentation, I think, has been influenced by Cirque du Soleil. Definitely. You know, we've sometimes you don't have a ringmaster. Sometimes you do. 
I think that they've just they've just changed into many different ways and one circus may not compare to the other anymore. You might find a more traditional show or a more modern show. I just think that, especially with the great Mr. Swindle's Traveling Peculiarium, although it doesn't have circus in the name, there's a lot of circus aspects to it, but I wouldn't quite call it a circus either. So mm. I think that it's just morphed into so many different forms. And I think it's great because, you know, we're not a one size fits all society. You need something different for everybody. We'll have more with Alison Bly about her plans for the future after the break. Okay, once once you get back into the world and, and everything is safe for audiences, what are your big dreams about where this is going to go? For us, our big dreams, and I say us because me and my husband, we run Mr. Swindles. Our biggest dream is to travel it full time. Uh, we actually just brought on a new, a new senior VP. He has over 35 ex- years experience as a promoter. He used to work for Disney on ice, Ringling Brothers. So he's going to help us grow mm-hmm. and he's going to help us get this tour running full time rather than, you know, just eight weeks out of the year, which is what it currently does. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal is we want to spread the love to as many people as possible. We want as many people as possible to see this show. We want to bring it to the West side of uh, the United States. We want to bring it to the Northeast. And that, that is our dream. And um, aside from that, we also have Moto Maniacs and the Flippin' Show, which do currently travel all around the United States. And we want to, that to, to continue um, its path as well as grow Mr. Swindles. Yes. So you have multiple shows going at the same time. Yes. And are you a performer in multiple shows? Yes. <laughs> My goodness. And you want to grow. So um, yes. when you expand, will you be able to continue to perform? The goal is to continue to do it as long as we enjoy it. Mm. The day we don't enjoy it anymore or, um, or it becomes overwhelming, then I think we will need to go back and reevaluate our goals. I think that one of the pleasure points for both my husband and I is performing. Mm-hmm. And obviously there will be a day we can't do it anymore. But when that day comes, we will give in, I suppose. But I don't think to retire it sooner than necessary is wise. Because mm-hmm. I do think that if you love something and to give it up, then you will miss it. And there, there will be a point where you can't get it back anymore. So some people talk about, you know, age and, you know, what does the audience want to see? And I've seen many older performers that I adore. Mm-hmm. And I think that as long as you continue to do it the right way and you present it in a fashion that people enjoy, you can do it as long as you want. And that is a goal. So if we have to hire more support staff in the office, mm-hmm. then that's what we'll do. But I think just to go back, it's it's what we feel and what we want to do and what gives us pleasure because that pleasure is reflected into the audience. And so we have to make ourselves happy. And then within that, we can find to bring joy and happiness to our audience. I love that philosophy that I can, I can imagine that, that your audiences are very entertained if, you're, if that's what's in your hearts. So mm-hmm. tell me about what's possible for an older performer. Oh, there it's just one of my favorite performers is Dieter Tasso, who he recently retired 
the past two years or so. I don't know his age, but he's late seventies. I wow. hope I'm right. Early eighties. If not, that would be offensive. I hope I'm right. He comes out and he walks out. He walks as if he's older than he actually is. He makes you think he's older. And the first time I saw him, I thought, well, this is going to be awful. It was the best act. I can watch him over and over again. He's hilarious because he's doing the tricks, but he's telling you a joke. And then he's making you believe that he really can't do something, but he can do it. It's mm-hmm. just, there's a whole, it's it's an unbelievable act. Um, jo- Dolly Jacobs performed a strap act into her older years. I think it's incredible. I think it's amazing what the body can do and how many years you can, she'd been doing aerial acts hanging from her shoulders her entire life. I think that's very impressive. And I think that a lot of people can be inspired by seeing that. So I think that is a well-rounded show. You might see young people, old people, you see different things. If you see just a, you know, I think you need to round out a show, show them older performers, more experienced performers. And I think that if the performer is doing it right, you'll be blown away. My belief is that that women in circuses have to be very beautiful and therefore youth is important. Uh, is that changing or is that not true? I think that many people would find that true, but as a producer and someone who's experienced seen and experienced a lot of different shows. I don't believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. I do think that an act has many elements to it. It's the acts, the tricks, the choreography, the costume, the music. I think a lot of things go into an act to make it great, not just the tricks. Of course, a youthful body and big Mm -hmm. muscles help. Mm -hmm. I mean, that does not hurt. But if you don't have those things, I don't think it's necessary. I've seen comedy acts. I've seen different kinds of acts. If if the person doesn't want to make themselves look attractive, meaning they don't want to wear a sexy costume or they don't want to make their makeup and their hair look sexy and they want to present it a different way. I have been thoroughly entertained by different kinds of acts and unexpectedly surprised. And I think it's that unexpected surprise that brings it to a new level. Any, you know, it's easy to look good. You know, that's Mm -hmm. uh, being attractive makes people, you know, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Do it a different way. Mm -hmm. Let's see something different. That's difficult. I can appreciate different acts. I like that. Do you seek things out or do people pitch you with their acts? How do you find your performers? So a lot of our performers are people we've worked with in the past or people we have seen in shows. So it's not common at all for us to receive a video of an act and say, wow, I've never seen that before. I really like that. That does not, I don't think that's ever happened Mm -hmm. to be honest. Although we encourage emails and please go ahead, send us your resume, send us your videos. We do encourage it, but most of the performers we've hired, we've either worked with in the past or seen them in the past or have heard about them through word of mouth from other performers. Do you take interns or apprentices? We have never, but if somebody wanted to, we'd be open to it, but we have never, now. When you're putting something together, you envision the kinds of acts, the kinds of characters, the kinds of elements that would fit, and then you 
you think of the person you, you know who would fill that? Or how, how do you go and find, how did you cast Mr. Swindle? Uh, Mr. Swindle is our easiest mm. one to cast because it is more of a figurine than a speaking role. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Dr. Elixir was very difficult to cast because we came up with the role and then we needed to fill it. So that would usually require auditions to fill mm -hmm. the the requirement. But we went through our roster of people that we've worked with and said, who do we think can pull it off? Who can mm -hmm. pull it off? Mm -hmm. And that's how we got to our Dr. Elixir. And we made a, a couple phone calls and we talked to them about the role. Can you do this? They'd give us samples. I suppose it was a type of audition for Dr. Elixir. And then when it comes to the other roles, uh, the gold digging girlfriend, Miss Sin, that, that is played by me. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, easy because you can build the role to suit to fit my abilities, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that's what we've done with some of the other roles. We tweak them every year, depending on who we cast. Mm -hmm. And we tweak the role to fit the performer's ability. To ask the performer to go outside their realm of abilities, it will just set them up for failure. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and so we'd rather work with the people we want and tweak the, the role. For a beginner who doesn't have a video yet, what... Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to learn more about this and possibly pursue it? Okay, that is hard. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not meant to be discouraging. But if you love something, you have to find a way. Mm -hmm. um, FSU Circus was a great training facility. It's free. All you have to do is go to FSU, get mm -hmm. uh, enrolled. And you can join the circus. And I know that it's the circus is there has become more competitive since I've been there. I think that there's an audition. I'm not sure. Um, at the time when I went circus, it wasn't as competitive. I think you could walk in and you you joined. You're there. You know, all you had to do was help shovel the sawdust and put up the tent and put in your time and you can be a part of it. But now I think that there I, I think that the demand to join has gone up. I also know that there's a lot of schools out there. There's a lot of, it's become sport. Flying trapeze is a sport you can try. There's uh, silks you can try. It's difficult. It's hard. You need to practice. You need to get real training from a real professional. You can go to a school maybe in uh, Montreal, I think is also very difficult to get in. So it's not easy. But if I, you know, if I found a way, others can find a way too. Being a performer is sometimes you work as a, an employee for a company or you're an independent contractor. And mm -hmm. that's where it gets difficult. The costumes you need to provide the original music. You need to provide it sometimes um, living quarters. You need to provide that as well. So it makes it very difficult for somebody new to take on all those costs associated with coming up with an act and finding a way to get hired. It's, it's not easy, but it's not impossible either. Is there some sort of central website that tells people more about circuses where, or, or an association of circuses? There is a brand new association that started during the pandemic, and it's called the American Circus Alliance. And it is up and coming. They have committees for every committee. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's all inclusive. And I think anybody can join it. Any solo artists, producers, it's for everybody. I would recommend that. I I haven't, I don't know that much about it, 
I've been really busy during, believe it or not, the pandemic has made me really busy, <laughs> which is silly, but it's true. So I haven't had that much time to explore it myself, but I do think that it would be a great resource for anybody, and especially trying to make connections because you need to network, mm -hmm. networking. It's great. And networking is important within this business. If you, it's all about who you know and, and word of mouth. For example, that's how we do our castings. So it is helpful networking. Okay. So what if somebody thought, wow, I, I have always wanted to, to start an entertainment company. What advice do you have for, for somebody who wants to pursue that? If you want to do circus specifically, I would recommend working in a circus. If you want to, if you're an acrobat, you know, get a job in the circus. If you do lights and sound, whatever, however you have to do it, you need to get a job and you need to understand how it works and then reevaluate and decide if you still really want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you do pursue it. And one thing I like to, to mention is it is a hobby. It is a, it is obviously a job as well, but it, if it is not your hobby, it is not the most lucrative mm. best decision you'll make in your life. It needs <laughs> to be a passion. Mm -hmm. And then from there you can make it lucrative obviously and, and, and make it a real business. But if it's not a passion, the beginnings are too difficult to continue. Are your cast members earning a living? Yes. Yes. But they are, they have been in the business for so many years. They are, our performers are top, you know, they're world renowned performers. Mm -hmm. So they've been doing this for a long time. And I'm sure that they had a difficult time starting. Many of them are also generations in the mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. So they learned from their parents. Um, some of them, oddly enough, went to clown college mm -hmm. with Ringling. We have many clown college graduates, which is so bizarre, but they're great. They started off as Ringling Clowns, and then from there, they understood comedy, and they perfected it, and we have a lot of them. We have very few performers, like myself, who did not come from a circus background, but went to a school and pursued it. Mm -hmm. We do have a few of them as well, and they've made quite a name for themselves. So is it still possible to run off and join the circus? Yes. It can be People done. People are doing it. It can be done. It's not common, but it can be done. I'm going I'm going through my mind. I've been disconnected from those thoughts for a while, but there are people who are still learning the flying trapeze. That's that's a very popular act for people to want to learn. It's very addicting, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Uh there's an adrenaline rush you get when you do it. So I think you people love that adrenaline rush and they want to keep doing it. Uh, there is a lot of flying trapeze artists who do not come from a circus background who do get jobs in the circus. So it is happening. I think it's less common to see somebody with a solo act, but there are, there are people coming out of, I'm trying to think of the name. It's, it's in Maine. There's a school in Maine, I believe. There's schools in Las Vegas. I'm trying to think of them, but there are people doing it. There's, there's probably plenty of people doing it. It is possible. Do you ever set up trapeze for amateurs the way that, that my guest was talking about? Yeah, it's funny you ask because we are going to. Oh, good. We are going to Baraboo, Wisconsin in July. Mm -hmm. 
and it is a it's called the Circus World Museum, and we are going to have a flying trapeze set up there for the guests to try. So it may not be something where you will excel in classes, but it is an experience mm-hmm. that you will get to try. That's wonderful. And do you have sponsors uh, in order to make things happen, or do you earn the the money that that keeps everything running? We earn the money that keeps it running. We don't have any sponsors. Impressive. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> One time a little girl approached me and she saw our show and we were doing a meet and greet afterwards. And she says, that was awesome. And, you know, okay, thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. Are you rich doing this? And I <laughs> blurted out laughing because no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> she says, I want to do it one day. I want to be rich. And I was like, no, you're connecting two wrong things. You do this because you love it. Mm-hmm. You know how poor you'll be in the beginning? <laughs> because it's like any artist, how many paintings did they paint? Mm-hmm. How much paint did they waste? Canvases were wasted. Mm-hmm. It's a passion. And you can't stop doing it if you tried it because your mind just keeps thinking about it. So you just keep doing it. And then one day, yes, it can be very lucrative. Like any artist, you know, you know, a singer, mm-hmm. it can be a super lucrative business or you can struggle your entire life. But either way it works out for you, the idea is that you're following your passion and you're you're happy doing that. So I thought it was a funny connection that she connected it to being rich where I was like, no, you do this because you love it. Rich or poor, mm-hmm. this is a choice, you know? So if it's something you love and you can't shake it out of your brain, then you need to pursue it. That's brilliant. Is there anything you would like to say in conclusion? I think that circus is a wonderful experience, whether you're in the audience or you're able to try it, which is a very rare and unique experience. And I think that anybody who's pursuing circus, if it's a passion, then they need to continue to pursue it and find I think it's important to find meaning and purpose in your life. And if you really want to do something, then you need to try it. You need to go after it. I completely agree. Thank you so much. This has been really fun and something that I knew nothing about. So I I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. My thanks to Alison Bly of Salto Entertainment. You can find out more about her and find links to some of her performances in the show notes. I appreciate all the ways you show your support on patreon.com slash alwayswanted, sharing it with your friends, giving me feedback, and leaving reviews. I invite everyone to write and tell me what you've always wanted to try. I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening. Mm.